Hi everyone, welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo, I am the author of the film review website Quipster.net. You can find written reviews stemming all the way back to 1996, although I do cover films of the 1980s, but I also cover all eras, including new releases as well. You can go to my website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net, for more details on that. Today I'm going to be reviewing the third and final of the Christmas movies of the 1980s for this podcast. I'm going to be ending it with Scrooged, which some people consider a go-to for their Christmas season. It's a comedy fantasy. 1988 was the release date. PG-13 because there is violence, language, and innuendo. It runs an hour and 41 minutes. Bill Murray is the main star. Supporting roles going to Karen Allen, Alfre Woodard, Bobcat Goldthwait, John Glover, John Forsyth, David Johansson, Carol Kane, and pretty much all of Bill Murray's brothers. A lot of cameo appearances are in this film as well. Richard Donner is the director. It is written by Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donoghue, and it is very loosely based on Charles Dickens' novel, A Christmas Carol. Now, that novel provides the backbone and the backstory for what ends up being a modern update on that classic tale. It's something of a cult classic for people to watch around Christmas time every year, though, like many holiday films, I do think that this is one where the good cheer and nostalgia that people bring to it is what makes it seem like a good film, because I would consider Scrooge to be barely passable entertainment by most regards. Now, Bill Murray here is starring as a man named Frank Cross. Cross is an unscrupulous and uncaring TV executive who doesn't care about anyone or anything except for his own success at getting big ratings for his TV station. Frank's latest project is a live production of the Dickens work, A Christmas Carol, which he has falsely promoted. He scares the crap out of people with scenes of disaster in the promo ads telling them essentially that they have to watch or else. Cross's poor treatment of not only his employees, but also his ex-girlfriend Claire, who's played by Karen Allen. His family, he gets them corporate swag as gifts for Christmas. He does not attend their Christmas parties. Pretty much everyone else as well. He cons an old woman who happens to be carrying a lot of packages out of a cab. And that sees him living out a Christmas carol on his own. He's visited by the infamous three ghosts of Christmas. The ghosts have no qualms about showing Frank what a heel he is, and it's up to Frank to see the light of how his actions affect others or continue to live the life of selfishness and sadism. Richard Donner here, director of The Goonies, director of Lady Hawk. Just a couple years before, he comes off what is essentially a much better, if not exactly fitting, film set around Christmas Lethal Weapon. That is a great movie, and some people might even consider that a Christmas movie. But like Die Hard, I do think that that's just a film that's set around Christmas, not necessarily a film about Christmas. Now, while the veteran filmmaker did a masterful job with Lethal Weapon crafting a very funny action picture, he fumbles, he stumbles, frequently trying to generate a consistent tone, through a dark and eerie and rather noisy comedy in Scrooged. Now, part of the reason for the strange quality of Scrooged comes through the way that it's shot. It utilizes extreme close-ups, some very rigid camera work, not to mention the strange lighting. There's some lackluster cinematography that feels like it's more at home in a Tim Burton flick like Beetlejuice or something instead of a typical corporate office. And maybe that Tim Burton illusion is apropos given the fact that Danny Elfman provides the score here, so it has that Burton-esque vibe. Some of the film's darkness could also be attributed to the fact that longtime Saturday Night Live writer Michael O'Donoghue co-penned the screenplay. O'Donoghue 
was known for his penchant to revolve his comedy around uncomfortable subjects like death and mental problems and violence and some of that darkness certainly shines through. In fact, the ending of this film was supposed to be much darker than it ends up being due to O'Donoghue's original script. They didn't end up using that. Bill Murray plays the heavy here, of course. It's an ill-fitting suit, I think, for him. He frequently reverts back to his wise-cracking, smart-ass routine in order to get laughs. I do think he labors to effectively be a whip-cracking hard-ass when he needs to be in this film. The supporting cast is chock-full of pretty good actors who are given virtually no depth at all. Bobcat Goldthwait, in particular, is in way over his head as a bored employee who's laid off and then begins to crack under the pressure of unemployment to the point where he decides to bring a shotgun to work in order to blow Frank away. I mean, where is the comedic value in all of that? And along these lines, Carol Kane appears as the ghost of Christmas present. She seems to be something of a winged fairy for some reason, and she spends most of her conversation slapping and punching and belting Frank with objects slapstick style. It really serves no purpose except to merely seem funny for those who giggle whenever somebody gets mock hurt, I suppose. One other nitpick I have of this film is that, you know, in the past, Bill Murray, his character Frank, is shown as four years old as stated in 1955 during the first Christmas pass scene. And then we fast forward later to 1968 in a scene where he's, I guess, supposed to be 17 if you do your math. But I do think that it's a terrible decision to have the actual Bill Murray and Karen Allen in the roles of themselves as teenagers. They're both obviously well into their 30s, late 30s, really. Of course, anybody who already knows the Dickens story will know that Frank eventually has to have a change of heart, and he comes to be the most obnoxious pro-Christmas proponent ever witnessed by the end of the film. And the problem with the attempt from a storytelling standpoint, at least for me, is that throughout, Frank seems mostly unwavering by it all until he witnesses his own funeral. And now even the staunchest and most cruel of people might decide to change their tune if their current ways means imminent death to them. So in the end, this can be viewed as Frank continuing to be defiantly narcissistic, even through philanthropy, because he's only changing because of what it will do to him and not what it might mean to those around him. The best comedic aspect of Scrooged comes in its satirization of the network television programming around Christmas time. We start the film off with the Lee Majors wielding an AK-47 to take down some baddies at the North Pole in one fake movie. Robert Goulet, the singer, croons while canoeing down a Louisiana swamp during a Cajun Christmas special spot. Bill Murray does get in a few laughs himself, particularly when he starts seeing and reacting to things that others can't, such as a waiter serving a baked Alaska that Murray thinks has caught on fire and then douses him with a pail of water. There's a punchline to that scene, I thought you were Richard Pryor. That's an example of this movie's dated humor. If you didn't get that joke, actor and comedian Richard Pryor had caught fire in 1980 during a cocaine freebasing incident involving 151 proof rum. That's something that Donner surely remembers because he worked with Richard Pryor back in 1983 with his The Toy. Bill Murray's singing of the line at the end, Feed Me Seymour, is a reference to his previous film, Little Shop of Horrors. It makes no sense within the context of this film. This movie is really kind of hanging together by a very thin thread where people just ad-libbed whatever they wanted and does occasionally show, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. The film ends fittingly with more Christmas commercialization. The entire cast sings the Jackie DeShannon classic, Put a Little Love in Your Heart. That's not even a Christmas song, but the end of the film with that song anyway. It is on the Scrooge soundtrack. It's sung by Annie Lennox and Al Green. It would become a top ten hit for the entire year. 
Although it's not my personal cup of adult contemporary tea, at least the song stands up better today than the rest of this wildly uneven and alternately amusing and grating movie. I know that there are a lot of fans of Scrooge. I love Bill Murray. I really think he can do no wrong, generally speaking, especially in a comedy. But this movie just does not work for me, and the more I see it, the less I seem to like it, despite the fact that I do watch it on occasion around Christmas time. I always want to give it another chance because I do see and hear other people talking online about how much they really enjoy this movie. And I just can't get with it. I'm sorry, everyone. So I do apologize if you're looking for a really rapturous review of a Christmas classic in your household. This is not something I would consider to be a good movie. I feel the same way about Home Alone. A lot of people really love that movie, and I've never really been that entertained by it. So, you know, maybe that's just the fact that, like Christmas Vacation, these movies came out after I was a kid. So, you know, these are not movies I grew up watching. These are movies that came out around the time I was in college especially as I was taking film studies classes at the time. So I was really analyzing films a lot more than I had been accustomed to in my childhood. So two and a half stars is what I'm going to give. Scrooged, I do think that there are a few funny moments, a few clever ideas here. I love Bill Murray, but you know this one just really falls short for me in terms of being that holiday classic that I think people are generally searching for because of the mean-spirited nature of the film and some of that slapstick humor just does not work for me. And it gets especially dark when, you know, murder or attempted murder enters the scene and, I don't know, it just kind of falls apart for me after a certain bit, even though it starts off promisingly. Two and a half stars goes to Scrooge. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas or whatever holiday that you celebrate around this time, if you celebrate any at all, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button because I will continue to journey throughout the films of the 1980s. I won't be reviewing any Christmas movies, at least ones that are specifically actually a Christmas movie until next year. So if the apocalypse doesn't happen between now and then, you will have a group of three more Christmas movies in about a year's time. And also, don't forget, I also have a podcast in which I review brand new movies in theaters. And I just reviewed the latest Star Wars, The Last Jedi, as well as Ferdinand. If you want to hear my takes on those, you can search for the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Quipster is spelled Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. And until next time, thank you, everyone, for listening and joining me on this journey around the world in 80s movies. Review.